Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. It's the Hobby Hustle, and we're talking craps. Talking wrestling cards, baby. I am so fired up. This is a topic I just, I could get in the weeds and I could talk about it forever. And I'm talking with one of my favorite wrestling card degenerates in the hobby, my man, Zan Morning. Zan has a channel that I've been following ever since I've been back in the hobby wrestling with cards. He's a guy I interact with regularly and he has tons of knowledge on the wrestling card market. I think whether you like wrestling or not, I think you're going to be interested in this one. It's a very passionate guy talking about a very um, specific niche in a segment in the market. And I think there's something that you can learn, brother. If you like what you've been hearing on the podcast, hit that subscribe button. Got another weekly rip coming your way. What are you doing? Sign up for the link in my bio. I love wrestling and I love talking wrestling cards. Let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Hobby Hustle. I am excited to be here and having a conversation on a, well, it's not Friday as I record this, but it's Friday as I publish this to everyone, but to talk about wrestling cards. And I am talking with someone who I've been following ever since I've been back in the hobby, uh, Zan Morning. Zan Morning is the creator of the Wrestling With Cards YouTube channel, which has also turned into a podcast. And then also there's another podcast he's a part of called Worlds Collide. A lot of good banter on um, and good education on wrestling card content and the hobby in general. But without further ado, how are you doing today, Zan? Right, my man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's an honor to be here following the footsteps of all the great guests you've had before. One of the best podcasts in the hobby. So thanks. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I, I am excited because not all my guests are wrestling nerds like you and I. So I always appreciate the opportunity to get deep down in the weeds of all wrestling related topics, wrestling cards being one of them. So maybe we start off here. I know, um, you're just a, a big fan of old school wrestling and wrestling cards, but I'd love to maybe get the backstory of just like, we all have the hook on the, on what hooked us with wrestling probably earlier on in life. What's your story? How'd you get into it? Um, the two moments that come to mind right off the bat is one of the, I'm, I'm really bad with dates and like which event had happened, like which WrestleMania it was all that stuff. But it was a Saturday night's main event, and it was one of the one of the Samoans and Hulk Hogan was in the main event, and it was the same one where like Andre came in and like choked out Hogan in the middle of the match. And I don't remember what year that was because I was very young, but I remember having that on VHS tape. My dad taped that whole episode of Saturday night's main event. I don't know how many times I watched that, which was interesting because I also had like Christmas shows on that same tape. So it was like a full tape of nostalgia, and then. I had a Road Warriors VHS tape that the AWA put out. I wore that thing out. I think I broke the tape and then ended up getting rid of it eventually. So that was the two moments as far as just right off the bat wrestling. And when I'm talking about that, I mean, you know, I'm like four or five years old at the time. So that that was, and then I had all the LJNs. So I was constantly playing with those while I'm watching wrestling. That was it right there in the mid, uh, late 80s. 
Yeah, I think we all have those moments when we're younger. For me, it was um, being at a friend's house and them turning on the TV and I saw Demolition and it was the face paint and Mm -hmm. which I'm similar. It sounds maybe similar with the Road Warriors for you, but I saw the Demolition face paint and it just sucked me. And I was like, what what are these guys about? I don't know, but I'm interested and that was like the moment where it's it, it's been, I haven't looked back since. Yeah, it's characters. It's all character driven. That's why I think we get into wrestling is uh, storylines and characters. And you know, for me, the Road Warriors, like it's it's interesting how some of these characters like go into euphemisms of life for me. So like you have these larger over larger than life over the top characters in the Road Warriors. And when I wake up every day, no matter what's in front of me, like I feel like the road warriors, like I'm not going to let anything get in my way. I'm just going to keep going no matter what happens. If I get, you know, there was that one episode of NWA where they get the weights dropped on them. Well, that happens in life, guys. And you just got to keep get up, keep going. Be like the road warriors. I love it. I can using wrestling as a as a motivator. That is always a good thing. And I I don't know. It's how do you. um Obviously, like with your channel, you are primarily focused on wrestling. You're talking with a lot of wrestling people um, and, you know, it's this wrestling bubble that people are in and it becomes very relatable. People talk about old wrestling, new wrestling, collectibles. But then from the outside looking in, people kind of look at the wrestling people and they're like, "What? I don't get it. Like, what is what is this all about? Like, how do you explain like where the passion comes from? Because we know as wrestling fans, it's like there's a lot of passion behind it. And that leads to a lot of purchases, um, cards being one of them. But how do you explain the passion? Well, the whole reason I started the channel was just to get the information out there. You know, there's no one doing it. I mean, you've got your people here and there doing breaks of cards and packs, boxes, whatever. And you see some stuff on Instagram occasionally, but there's nobody talking about like the stories behind the cards, the stories behind the sets. And I'm no expert by any means, but I was like, you know what? There's no one doing this. I'm going to try to do it myself and get as much information as I can and then bring everybody else along with me. David Pecks, Rob Englands, Tony Velas, these guys that have put in the work, you know, they've laid the groundwork for me to take all that information and kind of push it to the mainstream. And like you said, the people on the outside of the bubble, those are the ones that I'm really trying to bring in. And I'm not saying hey, you guys need to like wrestling cards. I'm saying, look at something in this space because we're both sports cards guys and most of the people listening this probably into sports cards. I love sports cards, but like, I don't watch as much modern sports outside of Buffalo Bills football because I'm never going to stop being a Bills fan. But I'll, I'd rather go watch 85 wrestling over and over and over again because it just pumps me up. I can latch on to the characters like what a lot of people in modern sports l- latch on to Luca. Same thing. People have... They're, they're player collectors. You know, you like LeBron, Jordan, Luca, Trey Young, Zion, Mike Trout, any of these guys that like modern sports fans are a fan of. It's the same thing with wrestling. We've got people that like Hogan. I see a lot of Daniel Bryan player collectors out there. A lot of people gravitated to the women, which that can be a little creepy, but that's a whole nother episode. And people just gravitate to these characters, whether it's in sports or wrestling. But the thing with wrestling for me is the characters never die. Sometimes in sports, I think uh, once people are out of the limelight, they kind of get forgotten, but not so much in wrestling with those top stars. Um, I, oh, I guess Ric Flair is not a good example. Hulk Hogan, he's not really been on TV that much. I mean, we see recently that he's going to be helping host WrestleMania, but he's out of sight, out of mind for the most part, and people still remember him forever. Ultimate Warrior, same thing. 
And we're starting to see a resurgence of that. You know, A&E has got the documentary series coming out. We've seen the dark side of the ring. I'm starting to see a lot of people get into wrestling cards more and more that were sports cards fans. But the thing that's interesting about it is sure there's a monetary aspect about it, but I'm seeing them pull out like, you know, Dino Bravo cards and being like, oh man, I used to watch this guy. I love wrestling. And the thing that I think is they're having more fun with wrestling cards than they are with sports cards or these kind of fly by night things. Totally. It's the nostalgia piece. And I think I can relate to that. It's, you know, I have, you know, cards that I go out and buy sports related that I have a passion of, but there's something for me that hits a little different when I, you know, spend a little extra money and buy a piece, a wrestling card piece and it, it comes and it's a mail day. And it's, I, the other stuff, like for me, I have an easier time selling, but yeah. like my wrestling cards, like <laughs> I'll look at them and like, like I'm, I'm sitting on, you know, Royal Rumble John Cena PSA nine. It's just, I have like absolutely no interest in like, it'd be one of the last cards to sell because I've appreciated John Cena over his, his period of time. And then I look at the monetary value of it. And it's like, this card is like the potential of this card is limitless. So like, why in the hell would I sell it? So I, I think there's a lot of emotional connection with wrestling card fans and their cards that they have. Yeah. And it's, I don't know if you want me to do like a PSA here to get sports card collectors in here, but let's do like, it. All right. So like, what do you like? There's, there's so many aspects. You want to jump into modern? Let's, there's a lot of people that never miss an episode of Raw. Again, another topic for another show. We're not going to get into that. I don't watch a lot of Raw, but uh, I see a lot of people talking recently with the new version of the Fiend character. Maybe you latch onto that because you look, you think it looks like it came out of a horror movie. Maybe you like Alexa Bliss. They're kind of paired together. But what did you watch as a kid or growing up? Maybe it was Attitude Era, Monday Nitro Era. Maybe it was the new generation with Bret Hart and Diesel. Maybe it was, you know, the mid-80s and you want to go back and buy some of those 82, 83 All-Star cards or 88 Wonderama. Latch on to a character. Maybe you don't, like, have any interest in wrestling itself, but you latch on to pop culture. You like The Rock. You like all of his movies. Uh Randy Orton, John Cena, you mentioned them, Batista, huge fan or huge star in Guardians of the Galaxy. So you like these characters. And once again, going back to what we said earlier, it's all character driven and who you latch onto. And then it just keeps going. It never ends. Totally. And I, 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 so one of my favorite interviews that you recently did was with Chuckster. And I literally sat there on a Saturday and watched the whole thing because there was so many moments in how he was talking about his passion for collecting, not just cards, but everything. And then he whittled it down to just cards, but like there, it was so relatable to me. And it's like, I'm sitting here recording in a room full of wrestling stuff. And when I heard him talking and then I heard you, he was talking about set collecting and then you drew the parallel to baseball, the baseball card community. And that's not a community that I'm necessarily involved in. I don't, really have a passion for baseball or collect baseball cards but is is there do you see some synergies in between the two of those in terms of like the passion the bubble the set collecting are there are there any parallels you can draw between those two groups wrestling card fans and baseball fans there's actually pretty good parallels between like i would say baseball has a lot of set collectors and a lot of vintage fans uh same thing with so same thing with wrestling but if you want to look at modern football and modern basketball there's a lot of parallels there because you've got the david pecks and robin england's of the world that they they just want to go after the highest end they want the psa nines the psa tens 
So you've got that in the modern sports card. You've got that in wrestling card world. So there's big crossover there. Once again, I mean, how many football collectors or basketball collectors do you know there are set collectors? So that's kind of where I am in that. I'm in that realm of wrestling. Like, And it helps when you're buying too because you're kind of laser focused on certain things and you don't get spread out too much. I think, and there's nothing wrong with set collectors, but another thing, and I'm kind of going all over the place here, is from a monetary perspective, I said it's not about money. And my 82 Hogan All-Stars and my Hogan PMG, those are going to be the last things I ever sell. But at the same time, if you look at some of this stuff, for example, before everybody started getting into wrestling, I was buying Randy Orton out of those 2002 Royal Rumble sets. I was buying those for you know $10 or less a piece. And I sent one to SGC, got a 9.5. So I'm into the card for, you know, 20 bucks and I sold it for 200. That's a card I was willing to part with, but I also was narrowing my focus on what I was buying. And then I was just rolling that money into the other things. With the sets, whether it's mostly modern sets, I mean, you can go out and buy. And you know what? Now that I think about this, maybe this is a good gateway for modern fans. You could go out and buy a complete set of like Topps Chrome, which are fantastic looking cards you know, $40 out the door off eBay for the entire set. So yeah, there's parallels between uh, baseball and wrestling with the vintage and the set collecting. But then on the modern football, modern basketball, you've got the super high-end stuff, the rare, scarce, you know, everything you talk about with sports cards, that's me with wrestling cards. I want key iconic cards of the key iconic names. And no offense to like any of the lower named wrestlers, but unless it's like, a personal collection piece. I really don't mess around with a lot of the lower end stuff. Yeah. And I think, I think that's smart. Um, and, and something I get all the time and I I'm, I'm in wrestling cards, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm being educated on a day-to-day basis every day. It's something new and I'm learning some more and more. And I'd love to get your perspective on this topic because I struggle with this when I get the question a lot. I get questions all the time about rookie cards and oh boy, <laughs> this is, this is opening up the can of worms, but I know you've got perspective on this and I'm getting questions about, well, is this their rookie card? Is this their rookie card? And I like, first of all, it's for me, it's always just like, you know, it's hard for me to solution that. Cause it's like wrestling cards are so different and there's so much, that's such a loaded question. But I want to default to be like, well, if you know, if you like the card, it, the market is going to end up deciding. I don't know if it decides which is the rookie card, but it decides maybe that's indirectly what happens, but it decides what, what the market wants and that adds to the value. So it's just like mix when I'm trying to explain rookie cards and wrestling. And so like maybe take that and just like take, take the platform and just share your perspective on like, what is rookie cards and wrestling? Is there any uniformity to it? If not, like what's the direction you would advise people on? There's no uniformity whatsoever. And that's what makes it so difficult for people jumping in. So I want to go two different ways here. I want to talk about the rookie cards. And then I want to talk about something you talk about a lot. And that's the stuff that's not rookie cards that people just aren't looking at. And if I give away my own plays, then so be it. I don't care. Go out and buy them. But on the rookie card front, the best example I can give you is look at The Rock. Okay. So we had the 97 Cardinal card. I'm sure you guys have seen it out there. The one with the yellow border came out of a board game and everyone thought, oh, well, this is The Rock rookie card. This came out in 97. He was wrestling in mostly 97, 96. But then all of a sudden, we start seeing this Dwayne Johnson football card. 
And I actually have a video coming about out about this today where I saw a PSA 10 of the Dwayne Johnson football card sell for $90,000. So compare that. Okay, so is that the rookie card because it's sold for a higher amount than what this one is? But then wait, all of a sudden we've got more. We've got the 97 Panini stickers that Rob England has at Golden Auctions right now. He has the only two PSA 10s. And I don't, who knows what that's going to go to? That could go over $100,000. We don't know at this point. But then, you know, kind of waiting in the wings, so to speak, we've got the 98 comic images. Besides the Panini, the comic images cards are the only pack pullable cards. So if you want to go back to talk to your vintage sports guys, a lot of them refer to as, well, it's not a rookie if it's not a pack pullable card. Well, you know, what do you do? Because that football card was actually the very first card. Is it like an XRC? But then you look at the market across all of them and the market's all over the place. You know, the 97 is dipped, uh, 97 Cardinals dipped a little bit in popularity and price. The football cards picked up. Now, all of a sudden, we see the Panini picking up and it could overtake all of those. And then we've got the 98 comic images laying in weights. So it, it's kind of all over the place. And then if you want to talk about ununiformity, let's talk about modern day tops. They, they can get their baseball cards right with their rookie card logo, which really helps. But then when you look at wrestling, you know, there's like 50 different Oscar cards that have the rookie card logo on them. And like, I want to get into that and it would be a great avenue of prospecting, even if I don't watch as much of the modern product or, you know, I watch a lot, but I'm just not as big of a fan. There are still certain characters in the modern product that I absolutely love. But how can you focus when tops can't get it right with their rookie card thing? So, so let, let me throw two more on there. So All right. I'm going to throw the international component your way. And then also with the tops, I'm going to throw the NXT component with first NXT card on the way. So, so talk about those, maybe. Uh, the, the NXT ones are easy for me. I relate that to Bowman baseball. Uh, mm. So you have like the Bowman first prospects. And even a lot of times in the newer cards, the NXT actually will say NXT prospect or NXT call up. So it's very similar to the Bowman stuff. Now on the international, that's in my opinion. Okay, so BBM, which is a baseball magazine in Japan, is actually so it's a it's a baseball. It has baseball in the name, but it has nothing to do with baseball in these specific card sets. A lot of those are pack foldable. You can go buy the boxes right now. So I look at those, you know, the uh, Edge and Christian, uh, what a lot of people are saying, the rookie card. And I mean, that's it. That's the first one that had both of them on it. Now, you know, it's a tag team. You may say, well, the, you know, something from 98 from Edge might be actually his first singles card, which that's another thing that people talk about. Shawn Michaels, perfect example. You know, the 89 market scene card out of New Zealand is his first actual card, I believe. And then there was a Quaker dipped card, which came on the back of granola bars. And those are from 89, but then people are looking at his singles cards in like 1990. It just gets very confusing. So then I'm looking at the market and then you can go one of two ways. You could be like, okay, uh, you know, let's actually, let me take this back a little bit and talk about, use this analogy to talk about Hulk Hogan. 82 All-Stars was forever known and probably will be forever known as the Hogan rookie card, even though there's some before it and then there's the official tops release. The market is dictating that that 82 Hogan as a rookie card is the key iconic card. It's the 52 mantle. It's the 86 Fleer Michael Jordan. But then all of a sudden in the last year, we've seen a rise up in the 85 tops because people are saying, okay, it's his first WWF card. It's the first official set of WWF wrestling cards. So we're starting to see that pick up. Could that overtake the 82 eventually? 
Who knows? And then one of the things, since we're talking about this, you talk a lot about serial numbers, parallels, stuff like that. The thing that I'm so like, I love the questions, but like you said, p- people come at you and asking, hey, what Furky card this? You know, which should I buy? The thing is, there's so many other things out there. For example, uh, a couple months ago, I was looking at some market scene cards for Ultimate Warrior because that's his first card in 1989. And he has an 88 Quaker Dips card. Again, we're getting weird with the food product cards. And they're harder to find, condition sensitive, you know the drill. But anyways, everyone's looking at those and it was a couple hundred dollars. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I could buy this, but I'd rather find a good deal. You know, what's something, what's a good deal that no one's looking at? Well, I found some 2007 Hops Heritage Ultimate Warrior cards numbered out of 25 blue, numbered out of 10 gold for under $10 a piece. And in my opinion, like those are going to be eventually more scarce and more rare than these other cards that everybody is looking at. And I know you can relate to that. Yeah. And I think the thing about like that, that play there is like, undeniably ultimate warrior has a massive fan base when it comes to wrestling and wrestling cards. I think the, you know, when you just a lot of people in our age range, when they think of wrestling, they think of the Hogan and then it goes to macho and it goes to warrior. Like, those like for a lot of people are kind of the big three, but like, as you, you know, the, the macho is picking up a little steam. Hogan obviously is the, you know, the Mickey mantle of the 82 is the Mickey mantle of wrestling cards. But I think like there for me as being, being someone who's gotten in there, there really hasn't been like, like a hit you over the head ultimate warrior surge that I feel like might be coming. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. What what I would love your perspective on just the Ultimate Warrior card market. Like what what have you seen, and do you do you think there's potential in it? Actually, funny you say that. I was watching a PSA ten. I think it was Undisputed out of twenty five, and I don't. I'm sorry, I don't remember what year it was from. Uh, but I was like, wow, this is a, the image is very cool. And again, that's another thing with the Ultimate Warrior cards specifically. Like the images are the coolest. Like you just look at this and it just screams like 80s wrestling. And you're like, yeah, I'm just, I want to go lift weights now. I'm totally pumped up, you know? But when I was, I was watching them, it was PSA 10 and I was like, you know, 20 bucks. And I'm like, well, this is very, very low. Well, by the time the auction ended, it was like closer to 200. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is more like what I would expect. And it's not just Ultimate Warrior. I just think there's so many stars out there that are way too cheap. And even like, not like, I would put Ultimate Warrior in that same category as a pop culture wrestler, as Bret Hart, as Steve Austin, as Roddy Piper. But then there's like a step below. And you want to bring up, you know, we brought up Edge and Christian. Like I kind of put them in that category. And even though like I may not be as big of a fan of them, I want to see all that stuff pick up. I don't see a lot of stuff like, um, you know, like the, if you want to talk 97 Cardinal, we could talk like Furnace and Lafon or the Sultan or, Flash Funk, like as wrestling fans, we all know them and we may like them or not like them. I want to see all that stuff pick up in value too. Totally. And I think with, uh, so somebody asked me actually, uh, slid into my DMs yesterday and it was just like, what is, what are your two favorite wrestling themes of all time? It was just like one and two. And I, I I thought about it for a while and the two that just stood out to me were, I think, you know, Stone Cold music and interest is iconic and then for whatever reason i don't know if it's just because he's been on television recently but i i love edge's entrance i love Mm -hmm. that i love the alter bridge song i was there for his return at the royal rumble 
I've always had a special connection with Edge. And so that like got my mind going. I'm like, why? I, I would expect me to answer that question with something maybe 80s related or early 90s. And it got me thinking about like the Attitude Era and just like how freaking important was it? And I actually just sent a video to my brother before we hopped on of like Stone Cold coming back when Mankind won the title. And the, the, the pop he got from the audience was absolutely bonkers, like earth shattering. People are going nuts like Michael Jackson's in the middle of the ring or something. Yep. And so I think I think about like the Attitude Era specifically, and I think the Cardinal set, it doesn't do anything for me. Like it just doesn't. Like to me, like I think there's so much more and there's so many opportunities on collectible items in that set that just haven't or in that era that haven't popped yet like what are your thoughts on just like the attitude era and just like opportunities well the thing that is not as good about the attitude era is because most of well okay let me backtrack everybody wants the rookie cards we've already established that so there's a lot of rookie cards that are not in those sets because they had been wrestling for five or ten years prior to that and i'm not sure like it was the most popular time in wrestling, but it was also the least amount of trading cards that were ever produced <laughs> in that time period. So like, uh, you know, ECW, that was my favorite. I uh, see in your figures on the wall back there. That was my favorite time in that, in that time period, but they really don't have cards. They have uh, the stickers in those figures that you have. They have some cards once again in the figures, and then they have the really obscure set. There was only nine of them produced out of Japan. It's all in Japanese. I think that came in at 97. And to my understanding, they were only available in Japanese VHS tapes of ECW. So that was my favorite. But once again, you can't get many. Okay, so let's look at WCW. They had a set in 98 and a set in 99. And then they had some kind of offshoots here and there. That's it. So you're talking about the biggest boom in professional wrestling and the least amount of product. Now, the figures, they had tons of figures. The, and I'm seeing some right on your wall there. That, that was a huge boom for the figures, and I think that's when Jax had that license, and they just really took off with it. But it's just interesting how the Attitude Era had the least amount of cards, but I think the Attitude Era has the most boost in popularity of sports cards and trading cards, if that makes sense. So, like, you know, you see Hollywood Hogan... You might not be able to go buy some kind of cool key iconic Hollywood Hogan card, but you can go back and get that 82 card or the 85 or whatever you're looking at in there. I hope that helps. Yeah, no, totally does. Um, maybe we move to, um, I'd love to get, so one of my observations with just wrestling cards and just opportunities in general is around cards and the scarcity with grading. Obviously, you know, David Peck and Rob and some of these goats, they were early to market in terms of like un having the alignment between here are the cards I like, which in turn are the cards the market's going to like, and having the the foresight to say, all right, these car I'm gonna start sending these cards to uh to PSA so I can get these graded, so I can start building these sets and building these collections. And so early adopters of this, and now I think you look in pop reports and you look across the board, like there is just in comparison to almost anything else, like there is hardly any wrestling cards graded. And I think that's why we're seeing like the 97 rock card, Cardinal card rise. And, you know, the stone cold and all these cards are, are starting to elevate just based on scarcity of cards and grades. Like what, what are your observations on just like wrestling cards, grading, 
opportunities um, long-term? So it depends on what you want to do. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, another thing with vintage wrestling and vintage baseball, a lot of these guys don't grade. A lot of them don't care to grade. They're, you know, they're like, hey, I have this card. I don't care about the condition. I don't need somebody else to tell me what the condition is, and I'm not going to sell it. There's a lot of those guys out there in the wrestling car community, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're looking to kind of invest, and I know a lot of people hate that term, but it truly is, is buying and grading. One thing I run into a lot of times on social media is I'll post a card or talk about a card and somebody will go, oh, well, that's not a PSA 10. Well, my reaction to that is go look at the PSA 1, 52 mantles, the Jordan cards, and you know, tell me, tell me what you think on that. So if, if you took, like, and look recently, uh, again, I got a video coming out today, uh, SGC, which nobody wants those slabs, SGC 1.5, 82 Hogan sold for like $2,000. That's no chump change. So there's a huge market in low-graded wrestling cards. And the reason being is that outside of a handful, you're just not going to find them in really high grades. Now, the modern stuff you may, which there's maybe that's an opportunity for some people, but a lot, you know, some of this stuff came out of food containers, the carnation cards that I'm sure you're familiar with. They came out of, you know, hot chocolate packages. So the condition is just not going to be there like traditional sports cards are. So when you're looking at PSA fives or BGS, you know, sevens, like that's, that could be potentially high grade for some of these cards. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, 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 when I dug into the, like the, the ECW cards behind me that were in the figures, I, when I first, I don't know what they're at now, but when I first looked at the PSA pop report, there was like a one Lance storm and like one to Jerry card. And that yeah. was like it. And I was like, I, I had a stack of them and I was like, well, I love ECW. I, I should get these cards graded, you know? Yeah. And you know, you brought something else up with, I think wrestling cards is I, I think it's a good mix between being able to collect and being able to still make some money. I initially like three years ago, I've told this story a lot. I, I went to the local card store and I bought a monster 5,000 count box of just random unsorted stuff for 10 bucks. I started piecing that stuff out and the next thing I know I'm available to, you know, buy. And this is before the whole wrestling boom kind of took off within the last year. I was able to buy a full set of 82 all-stars and 83. Like it was all of them together. And I think I paid like five or $600 for the whole entire raw set. And that was all from just flipping. I wasn't even grading at the time. I was just flipping raw cards, buying reselling. So I put in a lot of work over time. I start picking up things and I'm like, you know what? I don't ever want to sell this. Or if I do sell it, it's going to be way down the road because it just means too much to me. And you brought up the ECW stickers. That's a perfect example. Steve Carino, absolutely loved the guy. I think during that time period, he was the king of old school. He had those Dusty Dusty Rhodes boots and the bleached hair bleeding all over the place, like every single match. I love Steve Carino. I would say he's not going to ever get to the levels of even, you know, we're talking about edge. But when I get those graded, like I'm going to keep them for a long period of time. And then something else like, okay, say I do want to sell that. Rob England's actually brought this up numerous times. All it takes is one. Maybe there's one other Steve Carino out, diehard fan out there that wants that graded Steve Carino sticker. Well, if down the road, if I ever decide to put that up for sale, there you go. It only takes one. But I think other than any other type of cards, I think wrestling cards for me are kind of the perfect mix of being able to invest and collect in the same at the same time 
with all, without turning into it being stressful and without turning into a hoarder at the same. I love that. I, I can totally relate. And then maybe we, we talk a little bit about modern and it seems like, you know, a lot of the, the great collectors kind of cut off their collection at a certain point and don't look at more modern stuff. Um, to, to me, like I, I do, I watch regularly like tonight i don't watch i didn't watch raw live i i i can't sit through the commercial so yeah i'll all it's three hour program it's ridiculous but I'll, I'll go fly through that tonight but i i watch everything so like part of me watching it's just like sports right i like have a connection with current roster whether it's aew wwe nxt whatever it is ring of honor um i i, I pretty much new japan i try to watch it all uh, when i can so with that like I feel like as a card collector, I want a piece of new stuff that comes out. But I know a lot of people who've been in the game for a while don't really have a connection with the new stuff. And to me, and I'd love to get your thoughts here, to me, there, if you are thoughtful with what you're buying and have a plan and a strategy, and ultimately it's something that you really, really like, I think there's a ton of opportunity in modern just because that's not where the attention is now. Like, I think eventually, like, attention could be on modern. So I think like my feedback would be like, if you're, if you watch wrestling and you like certain characters, maybe like go get one of their serial number cards, go get one of their on card autos because you just like collect it because you like it, but you just never know what the values that might come down the road. What are your thoughts on that? The biggest problem I think, and I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. The reason we're not seeing the popularity is because we're not, outside of AEW, so we're talking strictly WWE. Uh, from what we hear, Vince doesn't let people be who they are. That's why we don't have a Steve Austin. That's why we don't have a Rock. We have some of the best talent, physical talent ever that there's ever been in wrestling currently. You know, th these guys are doing stuff that, you know, Dino Bravo in the 80s could only dream about doing. But when they can't get over and we don't get these big pops and they don't have compelling storylines, people don't get emotionally invested whether they know it's predetermined or not, you get, I mean, you know, you get emotionally invested in this stuff with AEW. They're kind of letting their people do what they want. So I think you're seeing a bigger fan base over there. So maybe you kind of, if you know, you're talking about thoughtful plays, Cody Rhodes, you know, part, part owner. So you go and he's, he's always, he's always involved somehow. And his storylines are always intriguing. So maybe you go out and you buy some of his cards, the most modern card that I can think of that he has that is kind of, gaining some popularity is that all in set, which here we go again with confusing wrestling cards <laughs> is actually put out by ring of honor, but it's an all in AEW kind of product. I've got, so, I've got, I've got a set in, uh, in, uh, in, um, getting ready to send over to PSA. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that, you know, you talk about opportunity, I bought five or six boxes of those on high spots and they, they ended up being like $8 a piece. Like, cause you could do the, they offered like a discount with the more you bought or whatever. But then going into modern wrestling, like there's something for everyone. For me, I'm finding a lot of opportunities in uh, serial numbered, paralleled autographs of legends. Mm -hmm. And it's not not all the legends because like I absolutely love Kerry Von Erich. He's fantastic, but I just don't see a huge market for that going forward. However, The Rock, Steve Austin, Undertaker, if there's John Cena cards, we've spoke about that. But then there's also like there's a lot of people in wrestling cards that are just player collectors. And the thing with wrestling is a lot of times, even if they're away from the ring or they're not involved in a storyline, you know, we're talking, uh, Andrade just got released. 
Uh, we haven't seen Keith Lee in a while. Charlotte Flair's kind of been up. Like the thing, like those may still have these diehard fans that are just going to be player collectors for life, even if they, even if the cards never go up in value. So those kind of people could end up be sitting on, you know, a gold mine down the road just because they're such diehard collectors. You talked about Chuckster earlier. That I mean, he has like everything. He he's not <laughs> he's not one of the guys that has like uh, you know you see people on uh, social media with their fanned out Luca tens. He's not going to have that, but he's probably going to have anything you're looking for. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on the, um, we, an important time. Yeah. I totally agree with you on the attachment to characters and how it is lacking. I would say emotional connection. We saw one of those moments a, a couple of years ago when Kofi won the title at WrestleMania. That was one moment out of years of not many moments that I've seen a lot of people um, some people that I, I connect with uh, specifically on Instagram that have bought that fully loaded Cody Matt signed relic, which that's an awesome play because yeah. that was a moment that we can all remember. So right. what, what I think that's cool. What are your thoughts on just like that fully loaded set? That's a set for me that I didn't pay attention to when it dropped, but it seems like there are more and more people that are getting behind it. I think they're fantastic looking cards. I like the concept. I like the idea. But the thing I look at is the secondary market is just really not there on them outside mm -hmm. of player collectors, which sucks because like when you buy these things, you don't want them to instantly drop in value. And that's why I don't rip wax because most modern stuff, like as soon as you open it, you know, you could get like a, a like a big E auto with a piece of, you know, a ladder or something like that's awesome. And I think it's really cool to have those for collectors, but nobody's out there buying them. And, you know, like the best WWE products that they've put out in a long time that I can remember are last year's Chrome and Finest. They had a good mix of talent, modern and legends. They had parallels. They had autographs. They had numbered cards and they were affordable that, you know, you can still occasionally go to your local store and find a pack sitting around, which you can't find any sports cards for anything reasonable. So maybe that's another thing people want to get into wrestling cards because it's a little bit more affordable. Dude, I, 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 I was like fiending to just because sports cards like i you can't justify buying anything in yeah. sports cards right now and i was drawn to it was like a home run scenario for me with the chrome cards not only is there a lineage with tops chrome there the it was super affordable um you got two autos per box parallels and man, i had a that was a great time like just cuz yep. i bought a few hobby boxes no expectations Got lucky, ended up pulling a gold Rhea Ripley auto and a gold Shawn Michaels auto, which were the biggest hits that I've pulled in, you know, a year and a half. But like, I think that's an opportunity too, just to like warm the crowd up to the potential with wrestling. Is like, there are opportunities if you miss buying hobby boxes to buy a hobby box of something, spend a Saturday ripping some wax and not feeling like you're, you know, losing a, your rent or a mortgage payment. Yeah, actually, I saw that Shawn Michaels when you pulled it and posted it. And uh, even though I'm already into wrestling cards, I was like, oh, man, what that's like the look of that with the gold parallel and the pose that he's in. I was like, OK, well, I'm going to have to start looking for this. I still don't have one yet, but it's on the list. So the fact that I, I had no interest in any like I, I knew it was in the set, but I was just kind of like, you know, going down the checklist and I was like, oh, whatever. And then all of a sudden you post that card and I was like, yep, that's going to have to be on the list. And then you talked about Rhea Ripley, like once again, an awesome looking card. She just got called up onto raw, but you know, how long is that going to last? Like it's, it sucks because like 
modern NBA rookie prospecting and modern baseball prospecting is just like modern wrestling prospecting is just as risky because they could yeah. be on the main roster one day and the next day they're completely out of the business. And what we've seen so often is that you've got like the past two or three years that you, they get the talent would get over on NXT. They'd have these massive moments at takeover crowds would be going nuts. Everyone would be excited for them to go on the main roster. And then they just <laughs> do absolutely nothing with them. Yep. And it, and yep. it sucks. Yeah. And that's why I'm so, and m- m- not just me, but that's why so many people are into vintage because you know, you hear the uh, card talk guys, Charizard can't tear an ACL. Well, outside of maybe like Hogan a couple years ago had the, you know, racial comments that's coming back up. But mm-hmm. if you look back, Kobe had that same thing. He had the, you know, issue that they, they kind of got over. Now his cards are through the roof. That's why so many people want to go back and buy Bret Hart by, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan or whoever they liked in the past, because those guys, their footage is on the network forever. They're never going away. Their value is never going down. They don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, totally. It's talk to me about the, uh, so I see an opportunity because, okay, so yes, modern wrestling WWE product might not be as exciting as the Attitude Era. However, I always look for things that are going on that are could be looked back in the history of time and be recognized. And I think undeniably, the, the women's revolution is taking place right before our very eyes. We've got Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Bailey, all of them. Definitely the four horsewomen are kind of the ones that are being viewed as the ones ushering in this era. The body of work from all of those uh, ladies has been exquisite. Just all of them have not only done the NXT thing, been on the big stage and then some. So to me, like I look at like someone like Charlotte Flair specifically and I'm like, all right, so Charlotte is probably going to go down as the greatest female wrestler of all time. She, you know, has a relationship with Gary. She's just, it kind of like, it feels like she's just getting started. So like I've been, I buy Charlotte cards. Like she's someone I PC. So like, it's still uncertain, right? But because, you know, there's no proven track record of these cards, you know, gaining any sort of traction. Yes, there are, there are some nice cards that get sold for decent prices, but like, what are your thoughts in general with like the women's revolution wrestling cards? Do you think there's any long-term opportunities there? Oh yeah. And a uh, couple things like the level of interest from women's wrestling to men's wrestling car in the card world, as far as modern stuff goes is like 10 to one. Like it, it's cra- The ratio is so crazy. And then you look at, well, how much are you paying for these Charlotte cards? I'm guessing they're not very much. They can't go any, further down plus you, i know you're making the smart play that you're doing autograph parallel number cards you know you're not just buying base cards and the thing with wrestling cards as opposed to sports cards i guess i should have said this earlier you know in sports cards people want the base cards like the base rookie card is kind of the thing not so much in wrestling because it's a little bit harder to define and wrestling fans seem to love autographs so like any kind of numbered autographs, even non-numbered autographs are like super safe place to put your money. So even if you're spending 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks on something like you, you really can't lose with that. And just as a quick play, I uh, don't know how you're going to find these, but Britt Baker, that's my pick for, yeah. I, 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 oh man, 
the thing is they let her be what she wants to be and that's why she's over and then she has the wrestling chops to back it up i will say too on dr b dmd she when i've always been a mark for her and when i was at starcast for all out I walked into StarCast with my Dr. B shirt and I was walking around and she's walking by me and I was like, oh shit, oh shit. And she, <laughs> she was like, cool shirt. And I was like, just that moment. And then now, like, she's got probably the most talked about moment in professional wrestling this year. And like, I've watched it like three times. It's like, yes. And doc, her card, I don't know if it's her rookie, but it's in that. The all-in set? Yeah. Is that her rookie, do you know? As far as I know, I don't know if she had any... You know, the, that's another thing with wrestling cards is... Uh, you know how sometimes the minor league baseball teams put out their own sets of cards? That's yeah. kind of what wrestling promotions do, but sometimes those garner more than flagship releases, so it's it's very strange. But yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of her just because they let her do what she wants to do, but that's, you know... Talking about more modern, let's uh, talk about more positivity in modern stuff. How about these AEW cards that we're we're hearing about them coming out? We don't have anything yet, but I can tell you, I'm going to buy just as many of those as I can. Like, um, talk about like Kenny Omega. I'm not a fan, but I totally get it. Like, that's the thing with AEW is I get why these guys are popular, even if I'm not as big of a fan. With WWE, I can't see it as much. So maybe there's going to be a play with AEW cards whenever those end up coming out. Yeah, and I'm, but it's like every week I'm checking and I'm dying, and that I will be buying, I will, I will buy multiple hobby boxes. I'll yeah. probably keep some. I'm, I'm curious to see Upper Deck, what they're going to do. We know Upper Deck's history. I'm a AEW mark through and through, so I can't wait to see what they do with that product. I actually, and I actually have emailed uh, the PR people at AEW begging for an interview with Tony Khan to talk about yeah. the, the cards they didn't hear anything back, but I'd love, I'd love that because I want to promote that product. And I want to promote uh, what they're doing for just wrestling cards. Cause I think it's going to be, they're going to be kick-ass. I mean, can you imagine like an exquisite, like orange Cassidy with like a denim patch and an auto, like that'd be pretty dope. Yeah. And the, another thing that I think of, and this actually, I want to ask you a question after yeah. I pose this, I think the AEW fans, like, uh, it's it's kind of a love hate thing. Like I I think too many of them are the leg slapping fans. They like the flips mm. and the fly. I don't like that. I like old school, like you know the Bruiser and the Crusher. Just these guys that are completely out of shape, but they make wrestling look real. That's my favorite style. But the thing with AEW is they get me past that stuff a lot of times, and they get me more with storytelling. It's it's not as good as say the Monday Night Wars, but it's the best thing we've got going. And you're talking. To, Sorry, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place. You're talking about the moments that got you latched on. How about that uh, Cody and Dustin? That match was just... Yeah, so here's the uh, blood and guts. Yeah. The two that, back from ringside. Unbelievable. That that match was like... I forgot why I was while I was watching <laughs> it. I was so like emotionally invested and lost in it. And I'm like, man, this is what I love about wrestling. And this is what I miss about it. But the question I want to pose to you, and it kind of wraps all of that whole segment that we were just talking about up i see your figures and i see your clothes like i clearly a wrestling fan i know you associate with probably more wrestling fans true fans than i do personally so my question is where are all the wrestling collectors like you see them spending money on figures money on shirts 
but they will not buy cards for whatever reason. And one thing, like I used to do figures, okay? So we remember the Harley race chase. That, oh, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, you ever so, fu- did you ever see one? Yeah, I picked up a couple of them and I sold, I flipped them. Because <laughs> I was wanting the LJN one. I didn't want that one. So uh, I was like, oh man, I can sell this. I think it was like 200 at the time. I was like, oh, I can sell this for 200. That's great. But then all of a sudden I saw what these wrestling cards can sell for. And I'm like, okay, well, the wrestling cards take up less space. I can get them graded so they're going to stay in better condition. And they're make, I can potentially make more money down the road if I chose to. Like, this seems like a no-brainer purchase. So I got rid of all my figures, dumped all that money into cards, and just keep the snowball rolling, so to speak. So all that being said, why do you think more wrestling fans are not buying cards? Uh, so uh, I love this question, and I will say, I am beginning, I'll never move out completely of all my wrestling figures, but I just sold like my entire retro set, uh, the ha- the Hasbro kind of mm-hmm. re-release. I just sold all of that just to get money so I could put it into wrestling cards, just for the very reasons you just described. And I think it's coming. I, I really think it's coming. It's not going to happen overnight. Wrestling fans, for anyone who is unfamiliar, spend a lot of money on memorabilia on apparel on figures but you're right there hasn't been that money necessarily circulated towards cards i think cards are getting more exposure in in different wrestling circles i think you look in the uh, major wrestling figure podcast that group and those guys they're talking more and more about wrestling cards so i think it's just getting started and undeniably like the headlines hit the rock cardinal card, the Hogan cards, like that's going to get people's attention. And that's like the stories about like Zion last year and Ja and Luca. Those are the moments that got people to go back into their collections, then start educating themselves on sports cards. So I think we're just getting started and I'm beginning to see it, but no one has, people don't know what they're doing. Like, and it's much like, that's why your, that's why your channel is so important because people don't know. And they need to turn to trusted resources so they can know, so they don't go waste and blow a lot of money. Because it's just like with sports card investors. It's like people are going to go chase the money and then they're going to get burned. It's like if people start getting educated on the what to do and how to do it, I think they're going to stay. And that's what I want. I want more people to come in, but I don't want people to come in thinking that they're going to make you know 500 bucks overnight on a flip. That's just not what happens. But we just need more people in. And bring the passion that you have with wrestling because God knows there's a ton of passion. And I, I think it's going to come soon. I think that's also, you get it, I get it, a lot of other people get it, but some don't. And that's the bridge of sports cards. So a lot, a lot of us that kind of dabble or are totally into sports cards can take that knowledge and bring it into wrestling. And that's one thing that's really helped me. I'm currently seeing a lot of people really reaching on some of these wrestling cards. Uh, and I'm not talking like obscure releases because those are usually pretty rare anyway, but I'm talking like 1990 classic. Like there's really not much to chase in there. Uh, 91 Impel, unless you're ripping to grade to get those PSA 10s, there's nothing really to chase. So that's leaving me opportunities to take my sports card knowledge and go look for numbered parallels, autographs, stuff like that, uh, memorabilia cards, stuff like that. So um, yeah, I, just people got to put in their knowledge, hopefully my channel and, you know, some other people are helping with that. But I think the other thing with wrestling is it's the hardest thing to get into. Like, there's just so many different things. You just said it. it's knowledge. 
with sports cards, you can be like, okay, well, what's the biggest release? Okay, Prism, done. Whatever set you want to buy with whatever sport. But like for me, I was like, okay, who is the Michael Jordan of wrestling card? Okay, Hogan. So just stock up on Hogan. Uh, who's LeBron and Kobe? Well, the Rock, Steve Austin. Okay, let's go that way. I'll throw Ric Flair in there. You know, and just kind of work your way down on the the goat list. So to yeah, speak. totally. And I t- and I, my piece of advice to anyone is always like before you jump in, like make sure you have some sort of connection or passion for wrestling. Because if you don't, it's not going to be fun, and you're probably not going to hit on opportunities that you would otherwise. So I think that's important. Um, maybe we close this out because I think you see it, I see it, and I think it would be good for the uh, for the community to just realize. When I put, when I, typically it's Twitter because it seems like that's where a lot of wrestling card fans hang out. When I post anything wrestling card related on Twitter, it, people come in droves because there's just so much passion and it's, it's, it's not like hundreds and thousands of people, but it's like a mighty group of people that just have more passion than I've ever seen in since being back in the hobby. Like maybe describe like the people you interact with in the current contingent of wrestling card fans out there for anyone uh who who might be unfamiliar people that collect wrestling cards are the nicest people i've ever met in my life i get people that send me cards just because they don't even ask for anything return and it may be a really high-end card it may not be but they just want to you know make i've had very successful trades come out with wrestling cards like everybody just kind of circles the wagons so to speak around wrestling cards and they're kind of all cheering for each other Instead of in these other realms where people want to argue about things or, you know, people in blowout forums want to argue about things. It's just, I don't know, like there may be, I don't know, here and there, there may be people in the wrestling card space that want to argue about stuff. But just collectively, it's the most inviting. If you guys have questions, even if you want to talk this rookie question that always irritates me. Uh, reach out. I'm happy to help. Everybody else on Twitter is happy to help. There, it's it's all out there. Just uh, come join us and learn i I know i plugged it at the top but plug it at the end talk about all the uh content that you're you're producing these days and where people can find you wrestling with cards on youtube please subscribe that helps the algorithm i know we all hate that but once again trying to get wrestling cards in front of people specifically sports card people that have thought it's junk for so many years and now we're outpacing some sports cards wrestling with cards podcast which is actually just like an audio companion to some of the videos so I may have some different thoughts that I go back and highlight or change. And sometimes there's other stuff in there I just flat out don't talk about on the video. And they're short listens, so you can go back and check those out. Also, rest, or Worlds Collide podcast with Tony Vela. Now, Tony has put together WrestlingTradingCards.com. If you guys need a resource for rookie cards, set lists, pictures, any of that stuff, WrestlingTradingCards.com is his baby. He's been working on that for years. And it's the ultimate resource for wrestling cards. If you have a question on rookie cards, you know, go look it up, see what the first one made is prime example. But anyway, he, you know, he and uh, he and myself have kind of two totally different aspects. He was like a completist when he first got into the hobby years ago. I'm more of like, I'd rather have less cards in my collection that are worth a lot more. So having two different personalities come together to talk about wrestling cards in a podcast, again, nobody's really doing it. We have just a couple other really good wrestling podcasts out there, but Look at how many wrestling card content uh, creators there are compared to sports cards. Like everybody and their brothers out here doing the same old talk on the same old stuff. 
And the other thing about wrestling cards and the content is everyone's talking about different stuff. So it's just that much more entertaining. And then on social media, just Zan Morning at Zan Morning on pretty much all platforms. Dan, this was a pleasure. I, I've been a fan of wrestling with cards uh, since I jumped back in the hobby. I'm pumped that we got a chance to chop it up and hopefully give some awareness, much needed awareness to how awesome wrestling cards are. Thanks. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Like I said, at the first of the show, I'm happy to follow in the footsteps of all the great people that you've had on this show. One of the, Your show is one of the best in the hobby because it's you get so many different people on there from varying walks of life. And I think if more people understood that, that you can kind of round out your hobby life, so to speak, it can actually help you in whatever your favorite aspect of the hobby is. Wise words, my friend. Well, we'll have to get you back on uh, maybe SummerSlam time frame. We didn't even talk about it. We're on the road to WrestleMania. WrestleMania, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man, I'll talk to you. All right, thanks. I could have gone three hours, four hours talking with Zan about wrestling and wrestling cards, and I even learned a ton in that episode. Hopefully you learned something too. Go check out Wrestling With Cards. Go check out his podcast, YouTube channel. Go check it all out. He's a good brother in the hobby. If you like what I'm doing, hit that subscribe button. Take care of yourself. Take care of those around you. And I'll be back next week. Peace.